This week, in our first segment, we welcome Johnny Noble, the technical marketing team lead at Cisco Umbrella, to discuss securing user connections to applications. Then, in the leadership and communication articles this week, attracting talent during a worker shortage, CISOs say application security is broken, three steps to harden your active directory in light of recent attacks, and demystifying the ROCKU 2021 uh, password disclosure. Stay tuned for all that and more on this episode of Business Security Weekly. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show where we explore the business of security to improve the security of business. Your trusted source for actionable insights on leadership, communication, and innovation. Get ready for Business Security Week. Cyber criminals are using social engineering loaded with urgency and fear to successfully prey on victims, your employees, or your customers. Protect your Office 365 email from today's most sophisticated attacks with Barracuda Email Threat Scanner. It's a free tool to help protect your business from these hard-to-detect attacks. The Barracuda Email Threat Scanner uses artificial intelligence to hunt and eliminate Office 365 email threats. Find the cybersecurity threats hiding in your Office 365 email right now. Get your free email threat scan at securityweekly.com forward slash barracuda. We're proud to announce CISO Stories, a new podcast series in partnership with Cybersecurity Collaborative and Cyber Reason. CISO Stories features the candid perspectives and experiences of frontline senior security executives and dives deep into timely security topics. CISO Stories is hosted by Todd Fitzgerald, VP of Cybersecurity Strategy at Cybersecurity Collaborative, and Sam Curry, Chief Product and Security Officer at Cyber Reason. Listen weekly as they speak with extraordinary CISOs by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash CSP. Welcome everyone to episode number 220 of Business Security Weekly for June 14th, 2021. I am your host, not Matt Alderman, Paul Asadorian. That's right. I am joined in studio by Mr. Jason Albuquerque, oh, also not Matt Alderman. Also not, not Matt, but in studio, which is a beautiful it's thing. It's awesome. It's nice to have you in studio. It's great. I love it. We decided to have cigars. Well, yes. I mean, that was, that's, I mean, that's, that's a given. given. That's and a then given. we decided to have beers, which, yeah, which I mean, we hey. decided to have an adult beverage. Sure. We made that decision long before the show. Yes. It was a question of which adult beverage based yeah, on what yeah, was on hand. So many options. <laughs> yeah. So many options. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> have limes so this is this, this yeah, is shaping so that our, narrows our, it down yeah, a little narrows bit it down. <laughs> <laughs> on the lines remotely mr adrian sanabria joins us today adrian welcome hey thanks also not matt also not in colorado also no you're you're not drinking or you are drinking Wait, or cigar game I, or? I, i'm on my uh, second round of coffee for today i've got my afternoon coffee so that's, that's I, definitely I, I, vodka. <laughs> it's coffee. <laughs> it's vodka, man. Vodka. The vodka. It's, Who has the vodka? No, it's from Cheech and Chong. Remember with the judge? <laughs> vodka, man. Oh boy. What we, oh, now I have to. You know, Johnny said like, "Oh, you you know the drill." And I'm like, no, I, I really don't because I don't host the show very often. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Pay no attention to anything I say. I do have announcements, it, though. Security Weekly is ecstatic to announce that Security Weekly Unlocked will be held in person December 5th through the 8th at the Hilton Lake Buena Vista. 
Call for presentations and early registration for Security Weekly listeners is now open. You can visit securityweekly.com forward slash unlocked. We'd love to have you submit your presentation and or register early for the early bird registration price before it expires. Join us uh, on June 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Learn how web application firewalls can help mitigate exposure in a complex threat landscape. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash webcast. Register today. Or if you missed any of our previously recorded webcast or technical trainings, you can find them at securityweekly.com forward slash on demand. This segment is sponsored by Cisco Umbrella. Folks can learn more at securityweekly.com forward slash Cisco Umbrella. Umbrella, I should say. You know how to spell umbrella. I don't, obviously, by the way I say it. (laughs) Johnny Noble leads the technical marketing team for cloud security at Cisco with expertise in Cisco Umbrella and surrounding SASE-related technologies. He joins us today to talk securing user connections to applications. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. And I guess I was left off that memo, so I'm just stuck with boring espresso and yeah. <laughs> <a> cigar. <laughs> espresso is pretty awesome, though. It is. It is. It is. I have my little machine next to me, actually. Yes, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, Johnny, I, want, I think we're talking about uh, something that I wanted you to, to kind of set the stage for in this segment. Secure web gateways. Uh, how would you define a secure web gateway and, what, and what's its intended purpose and value? All right, so yeah, kicking off then, Secure Web Gateway, it's a proxy for web traffic. And um, as probably a lot of people know, web um, makes up a lot of, of the internet traffic today. And we're talking about you know going to websites and certain apps that, that usually quite often follow the, the, the web protocol as well. So we're talking about HTTP and HTTPS. So the, the Secure Web Gateway is basically a proxy, like a man in the middle, where all the web traffic is going through that that proxy. And over the years, we've seen um, the evolution from on-prem proxies. So it could be at the the gateway or the the sort of network edge, uh, part of your security stack. And this is now moving to be in the cloud. And as users get closer to to cloud-based apps and and networks are becoming more decentralized, it makes sense to move the proxy architecture to the cloud. So what we're doing in in these proxies in the Secure Gateway is inspecting traffic, um, as I said, HTTPS as well. So a a large proportion of of web traffic today is um, encrypted, it's HTTPS. So we need to decrypt that so that we get full visibility. And then we're applying a load, a, a number of different engines that perform different functions. So you've got basic uh, security functions, more advanced security functions. You've got visibility. You've got control of apps. You've got access policies to different web-based categories, allow and block lists. And then you've got, as I said, the, the app control. Um, so you can do things like... Um, not only allow and block certain apps, but then you've got more granular control where you can say, okay, I'm going to allow, let's say, no, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow Dropbox in my organization, but I'm not going to allow uh, users to upload files to, to Dropbox. And then you've got even more advanced app controls like tenant controls. So you can say a user is going to be allowed to uh, log into Google or Office 365 with their corporate credentials, but not with private credentials. And all you know, additional um controls as well so that's sort of in a nutshell what a secure web gateway is you're taking me back in time we used to manage the 
uh, outbound proxies at an organization I worked mm -hmm. at, and we used, now I can't even remember the open source project uh, that we used, but there's, it, it gives you an incredible amount of visibility and potentially control over the areas that you wanted. Um, and the logs for that were a great source for security incident response as well. Is that a component as well, Johnny? It is, yeah, and it's it's very important as part of any proxy or, or secure web gateway, or even taking it further to a secure internet gateway today, that you can export those logs. Even if it's cloud-based, you need to be able to export export your logs and import them into um, some other uh, platform that you may be using, uh, let's say a SIM or a SAW, and this is for absolutely for incident um, response and and getting alerts and, and sort of taking that intel. Um, or taking those logs and joining them together with logs from other platforms and forming Intel out of that. And how do you force the users to go over the proxy when they're working remotely? Is that like a Windows group policy in conjunction with the browser? Like, how does that work? There's a few different ways, but if we're talking um, sort of strictly about remote users that aren't typically on an office network. You know, it's it's a lot easier when you're on the mm. office network um, and all traffic is going to go through the firewall and then sort of get forwarded to, to, to the cloud proxy or on-prem. Mm -hmm. um, but when, when we're talking about remote users, then, yeah, it's a bit more complex, um, but it's very doable as well. So um, in the case of Umbrella, we're using the, the combination of, of Cisco's AnyConnect VPN client. So even if you're if, if you're already using this client for your VPN, then it's basically just a checkbox somewhere, mm -hmm. and then the umbrella enforcement gets added. And if you're if you're not using already if you're not already using AnyConnect, then then you can use it only for the umbrella enforcement. And then you know, based, you, you mentioned GPO policy, so yeah, you can lock down the AnyConnect module. Um, there's there's different variations for Windows and, and MacBooks. And yeah, you can prevent a user from from um, you know um, getting around that. Yeah, is that is that really the big one of the biggest threats right now? In your opinion, Johnny, is basically users succumbing to phishing or visiting a website that that gets them owned. It certainly is, because because you know very often users are the weakest link, and in many cases, it's not a, a, an issue of an employee maybe wanting to go past uh, sort of bypass the security solutions it's you know not thinking clicking on a link the phishing uh, phishing today is so sophisticated it's you know unless you're really really on the ball and and, and well educated and, and your company is doing a good job at educating you it's very easy to fall mm. and yeah we're, we're very fast to click and so yeah human nature is is social engineering is definitely the weakest link and that's why you do need a good tool to be able to um, to, to leverage and sort of compensate for those those clicks that the users are making without thinking. Mm. And, and I would say, Johnny, and just knowing knowing a lot from being you know in a past life a, a Cisco Gold partner, it's the ecosystem as well, right? You have that you have a tool, but you also have an ecosystem behind you in Cisco. So you know you have not only Umbrella, but you also have. Um, you know the rest of the ecosystem with Talos threat intelligence on the back end, right? You have exactly. you have you have Cisco's Casby. You know you, you have the, the the next generation firewalls that play into you know into that with with firepower. So so you know it, Umbrella is a great tool, but it's part of an ecosystem that gives you even better 
controls, better visibility, better um, response times, right, for the teams. And, and, and it creates a level of economies of scale for the teams, and it also creates a level of context across your entire network, which I think is, is very, very powerful, right? So Umbrella is a piece, but it's a piece Correct. of a powerful ecosystem. Correct. It's 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 really important, and we look at it at like a, like at a layered approach to security. So you could compare it to your house. Okay, when you you go out for the for the evening, you know you you going to lock the door, you're going to lock the windows, you might have um, um, a perimeter fence, and you might have a dog, and you might have an alarm. So all of these are mm -hmm. additional layers of security, making it harder for uh, maybe a, a thief to, to get in. And it's the same with security. So we, even if we just start with Umbrella itself, you know, we look at a layered approach. Um, so just thinking of what I was talking about before with the, the AnyConnect client, mm -hmm. that is not only operating at the, the web layer, but also at the DNS layer. Mm -hmm. So all connections to the internet will start with a DNS query, and we can block a lot of uh, threats, um, um, command and control, ransomware, other malware that are going out. And, and the nice thing about DNS, it's all, it's all ports and protocols. So that will mm -hmm. sort of give the rest of the coverage um, for any traffic that's not specifically web. And then if, like you said, if we look at the whole ecosystem, it's also a layered approach. You've got your endpoint security, so AMP for endpoints. Yep. Um, you've got your, your next-gen firewalls. So we sort of look at um, endpoint, uh, network, and, and cloud. And then mm -hmm. bringing all that together, even though there is a lot of the, all these solutions have shared intelligence from Talos, just as you, you mentioned, mm -hmm. and a lot of the engines are similar, they're still operating in, in different stages and, and giving you that, that nice multi-layer um, level of protection and and sort of if you think about everything that Cisco sees, as I said, in those three areas, um, cloud, n networks, and endpoints, all that intel is shared, and all being cloud-based, all of these um, these engines can share the intel very very quickly, mm -hmm. so that you know if if let's say I don't know AMP for endpoints detects a a malicious file. Within seconds, the whole of the ecosystem sees that. And if somewhere else, an umbrella customer, uh, that file is going through, then, then the AMP uh, file reputation engine will already know that that is a malicious file and block it without having to do any further detection or, or advanced analysis or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges historically that, that we've had with these technologies. If I go back in my career when we were implementing this, if you implemented any kind of blacklist, there was always an exception on your yeah. proxy, right? And it, it sounds like, Johnny, that that could be the reason why some aren't happy with their secure web gateways and also a problem that uh, Cisco is is taking head on is to reduce that uh, friction, right, with between users and the security products at this layer. Correct. And hey, it's all about APIs. You know, mm -hmm. one, one um, platform somewhere will discover something and, and block it and that that intel can be fed into umbrella through apis and it will be on the umbrella block list as well so yeah. as you said reducing the friction or not on the block list right. if it needs to come off i think is really the, one yeah. of the things that's no, almost okay yeah oh right? so fal false yeah false positives as well you, you need to be accurate yeah yeah mm. yeah definitely yeah Adrian? yeah it's great yeah it, i've always uh, said that email is the worst api you know and and um <laughs> back when I was on the enterprise side, you know, it, we had so many processes where somebody was just emailing IP addresses back and forth for somebody to put on a blacklist or a block list somewhere. And it was just, it was just painful watching that happen. Um, 
I do have to compliment you, Johnny, because you're frustratingly effective at answering all my questions uh, yeah. as I come up with them. <laughs> so, awesome. so far, I've, I've written down, I, I usually pop open, you know, like a notepad or something like that to write my mm-hmm. questions so that I, I don't forget them. And uh, just as quickly as I've been writing them, I've been removing them off of there because you keep. <laughs> keep I got answering. I got the cheat list beforehand. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, you knew what I was going to ask before I did. Apparently, that's right. <laughs> um, I I think it this does segue into sassy a bit, right? I mean, because when we talk about restricting what users can do or or guiding them into the 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 right place and protecting them regardless of where they are, we've traditionally thought of VPNs, but this seems like it would play nicely into the whole SASE architecture, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. SASE is where everything is going. And Umbrella is very much part of uh, Cisco's SASE uh, strategy um, because, yeah, and, you know, we've sort of made the segue into this because we've spoken about remote users and decentralizing of, of branches and so as all of these, uh, all of the, the, the use of the internet and applications today is moving to the cloud, we, this is where networking and security comes, come, is coming together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's today, it's, it's very uh, gray. It's a very gray area where those two converge. And so that, that's what SASE is really. It's, 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 connect, it's making the connections to these applications secure and doing it in a way that will be uh, transparent to the end users, working out the best place where they're using them, where they're working from, if it's, you know, um, remote users or, or roaming users or in an office or in a guest office. Um, it's including zero trust as well, mm-hmm. which is simplifying the network architecture and making sure that users can connect securely to the applications and, and other destinations they need to. It, is the do you also recommend browser isolation or does the secure web gateway function as browser isolation because one of my things about browser isolation is i can isolate the browser sure but users still need to get perhaps files in and out of that isolated environment it sounds like secure yeah. web gateway is kind of a, a, a nice either complement or replacement for that um actually it's funny you ask because i would say that the two technologies complement each other very nicely mm-hmm. And so if you look at Umbrella, part of the solution is isolation. Mm-hmm. So you can set up your your web rules and say, you know, for certain things I'm going to allow, others I'm going to block, others I'm going to present a warning page. These are all the outcomes or the actions. And then in one of the rules, you can also say that the action will be to isolate. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's an integrated um, part of Umbrella. And so when, and, and, and the same goes, so it's not only like browser sessions, but it's also uh, web-based documents. You can see them isolated in, in, in the browser. I mean, it's such a great technology today that end users really wouldn't know that their, um, their browsing sessions or some of them are getting isolated. There's mm-hmm. only like a little telltale indication, just a little icon at the bottom of the mm-hmm. screen that the user might notice. And then, and this includes things like video and audio and, and the, the end user would have no idea. But what's nice about documents, you, you mentioned documents, mm. is when a user sees, um, um, a, 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 let's say, a PDF in a web browser, they can then, uh, if they want to download that PDF, they will be downloading a sanitized version of it. So the, the web, uh, the, the RBI, the web browser isolation 
engine, what it's doing is it's taking sort of like an image of that PDF and recreating a clean one. So if there's any kind of JavaScript or any other threats that have been injected into that PDF, it's being run in some remote isolated browser virtually in our cloud, and the end user will get the clean version. That's amazing, yeah. actually. I don't, often, so I don't kind of often say that about <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Cuff, but that's a, that is really, because you're getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, and here's exactly. the kicker too, right, Johnny? And correct me if I'm wrong, there is Office 365 hooks for Umbrella as well, isn't there? For, correct. For, yes. So Th there think, are. Yeah. think about this. Anything from Office 365 traffic, which would be OneDrive, mm -hmm. Files, SharePoint. SharePoint, Teams. Now you have Umbrella protecting that, mm. right? So there's the APIs mm -hmm. that you can have there. Exactly, the APIs. That's the nice thing about it because Microsoft are pretty much saying, hey, um, you don't need to inspect and, and um, uh, decrypt uh, Office 365 traffic. Um, think about it when you've got Word um, documents open that you're sharing through, through SharePoint um, and you know different people collaborating on them. These are long-lived threads and, and many of them mm -hmm. as well. So Microsoft are pretty much saying, um, we'll take care of the security we don't recommend going through a, a uh, proxy, but if you are going to send them through a proxy, and, and customers want to do this in, in many cases, so they still get the visibility and the logging, um, so what we're doing is we're hooking up to this API that you mentioned from Microsoft, and it's pretty much saying, um, telling the proxy which of the Office 365 destinations um, can be um, sort of bypassed from the proxy, so no encryption, sorry, no decryption, no inspection, mm -hmm. and which are the others that it's okay to decrypt. And and it, again, it's all done in the back end, and it's all, and, and, and as our Microsoft updates this list, it's all done through the API. So it's mm -hmm. all automated and, and up to date. <clears throat> so, question for you on the uh, isolation stuff. It sounds like um, you're doing some sanitization there, maybe some rewriting of HTML rather than, you know, I've, I've seen browser isolation where the, the actual browser session lives remotely somewhere, you know, in a data center in, in, in the cloud or something like that. And for that, you need uh, some kind of special, you know, agent to be able to, to do that. You can't use your normal web browser. But from what you're saying, it sounds like this is the other kind where you're actually rewriting the content to, to sanitize it and you can just exactly. use a normal web browser. Exactly. You don't need anything special at all on, on the end user side. Yep. Gotcha. That again is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Actually. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, it, today it's sort of never ending all these ideas that, that are coming to light. And just as an example, one of the other things that we recently added and, and it's now included for umbrella customers is what we're calling cloud malware detection. So this is the inspection of data at rest. So when I say data at rest, there's no need for these files to be going through the proxy. We're using APIs in the back end and we're inspecting the instances of the customer's uh, sanctioned um, cloud-based um, storages. So we're talking about things like uh, Box, Dropbox, um, Office 365, of course. And then what we'll do is we'll use these APIs to go and inspect all of those files and we'll push them through the same engines that the, the proxy is using, but without them having to go through the proxy. Mm -hmm. So the use case here, this is really useful if you've got some kind of shared um, cloud-based storage that you're allowing your partners maybe to access and upload their files to. And you want to make sure that those, you know, th those are clean files before they... Yeah. 
do any damage and start spreading to your network. I actually have that requirement. That's interesting. Yeah, we're <laughs> familiar with that use case. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, you know, one of the things that really excited me when 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 Cisco um, started really getting into the the sassy market, right, mm -hmm. was was when they flipped over and started offering SD-WAN, right? And it was, it was before the cool kids were jumping on mm -hmm. SD-WAN, right? Um, because they made acquisition back in the day. And then as you watch that product mature, now with integration, umbrella integration into SD-WAN, because I see more and more organizations saying, you wanna know what? Traditional networking, traditional carrier services, all that stuff, forget about it. I'm going SD-WAN for my branch offices. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much, how many, organizations enterprise organizations are flipping that switch to sd-wan but then for me as a security person i'm saying all right now how am i protecting that because it's straight mm -hmm. in straight internet at that point right right so so now you're going over internet right to, to to create your your networking basically and an incredible product right which was viptela back in the day and now cisco cisco sd-wan the integration of umbrella into that just totally set me at ease right as, mm -hmm. as, as a CISO in an organization and for me that was the kicker of all right Let's go. Let's go hot on this, right? Because now I knew I had that protection of Cisco on the back end from Umbrella. Yeah, exactly. Totally. This is part of the branch uh, transformation, yeah. exactly what I was saying before. And you're saying now, so you're allowing direct internet access from your branches. Um, SD-WAN is very much part of that, you know, mm -hmm. for simplified management and best routing decisions mm -hmm. and the, the, the best, the optimal, um, optimized end user experience. But yeah, you're going direct to internet. You want that to be secure. Yeah. And that's all going through our cloud platform mm -hmm. and being a, a multi-tenant um, cloud native architecture, you don't need to worry about different instances and appliances or even virtualized instances per branch. And then the cherry on the top of all of this, you, you know, you mentioned with, with Viptela, and this is also possible today with SD-WAN from Meraki. Mm -hmm. It's all simplified. Um, the, the way that these branches connect to Umbrella is through an IPsec tunnel. So all of your traffic will go up mm. to Umbrella's uh, Umbrella in the cloud. And we've automated the um, establishment or the building of these tunnels. So if you're uh, connecting you know, hundreds of branches, it's just a matter of applying templates mm -hmm. and a few clicks, and that tunnel will automatically be built. So there's no, none of this sitting now and configuring in, in CLI or manually building these tunnels per branch. It's all... I've been there. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty. It was, it was pretty tedious, and, and yeah. never like uh, uh, never worked the first time. Right, that was the thing. I, I, you need to have been able, have done this in the past to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, in the yeah. other, the other uh, innovation here. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I remember getting into uh, SDP early on, which which I'm not sure if that's been entirely rebranded as. Um, uh, ZTNA or or not, but you don't have to expose VPN services to the public internet to be able to create those tunnels. Is that correct? Yeah, and that's the direction we're taking it right now with with remote access, and that's that's how users are going to be connecting to private apps um, and public apps and, and the general internet, and and sort of you know take pretty much like pr private access, remote access, sort of taking VPN further as well. And this is very much part of SASE as well. Okay. Yeah, so um, also out of curiosity, you know, we've got the stat here, you know, one in 10 are not happy uh, with their S their secure web gateway. And I, I, I would, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about those other nine out of 10. I'm thinking the, yeah, the other nine out of 10 are, you know, um, 
not even aware of it or, or they're just uh, like, like secure web gateways, not something where you hear people like raving and ranting about how much they love it. You know, it's just kind of something that's there. Right. (laughs) So uh, I'm kind of curious, like what people run into um, that they dislike uh, with their secure web gateways. What what are some of the, um, uh, you know, some of the things that trip them up, you know, that that caused them problems, uh, you know, that that you guys can smooth out there? Yeah, that's interesting. I think I, I would answer this by splitting into two different categories. You've got the admin side, so the management, and then you've got the end user experience. So I would probably say, um, I mean, we've spoken about some of this already today, um, but as an admin, if I'm constantly managing allow and block lists and you know having to add different um, destinations or remove, so that, that could be a bit of a, an admin uh, nightmare. Um, but today it's it's a lot simpler, and and I think today the the it, it also goes down to the accuracy of the threat intel, and if that's accurate, then you know you won't have a lot of these false positives. Um, I would also say, as an end user, that it's pretty much expected that, that any kind of security solution is going to add some kind of uh, impacts to the end user's experience. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we are breaking the the traffic, uh, decrypting it in most cases when it's HTTPS, um, inspecting it, uh, applying all of these engines. I mean, I've spoken probably about six or seven different engines, maybe even more mm-hmm. today, that each one's doing their magic. Uh, obviously, it's all happening in parallel. We don't need to wait for, uh, you know, one one of these engines to come back with its verdict and the next one will say, mm, okay, now I'll start. Um, but but um, I think as time goes on, and especially when when we're doing all the heavy lifting in the cloud, using, um, you know, everything's um, in containers and, and microservices, I think the, the impact is minimized today compared to hardware-based appliances that we're doing, uh, that, you know, these were the traditional mm-hmm. web proxies, secure web gateways on-prem. And as the, the, the internet got richer, the throughput that was going through it was, was getting um, wider and, you know, more load on, 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 on the hardware as the software got more sophisticated as well. So I think that's probably one of the, the key reasons why users, um, end users in particular, were not happy with, with having their, um, their, their web traffic go through a proxy. On top of that, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about corporate end users using corporate um, assets, devices, and accessing, you know, corporate um, um, resource applications as well. So there is going to be some some kind of access um, and limitations on what they can and cannot do. So even though it's for the good of, of, of the organization, I guess some end users just aren't going to be happy with that, you know, if they don't want to, if they're not allowed to go, I don't know, to eBay or, or Facebook during the day. Right, right. Um, the, the more classic WebSense contact, yeah. you know, content restrictions, yeah. which becomes, I mean, it's less of a security thing and more of a, Policy. you know, like a <laughs> acceptable use type. Yeah, I think acceptable so. It's more, use, yeah, yeah, HR type yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I think today, I mean, you know, if, if, if I'm, if I'm, blocking uh, certain destinations because of productivity, fine. And, you know, an end user can pull out their, their cell phone, get off the corporate Wi-Fi. Everyone's got unlimited um, cellular data today. They can spend the whole day on Facebook if they want on their phone. So people don't really right. care right. about browsing time and 
those kind of quotas anymore. Yeah, and and I'll say you know the the frustrating piece with with the the legacy style web gateways was that we went out and we bought a siloed product. I, I keep evangelizing yeah. Yeah, yeah, ecosystem, yeah. ecosystem, 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 oh, yeah. right? And the yeah. benefit of the ecosystem creates operational efficiencies, mm -hmm. efficiencies within the team, configuration efficiencies, right? It's just being part of a larger ecosystem is such a benefit, and I can't evangelize that more. A lot of the frustration. Email is a terrible API. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, I, you know, I, I can't evangelize that more. Well, that and, brought know, a level of success to my team going into that ecosystem model. And I think to your point, to Johnny's points about the integrated environment. You know, I do one thing for my kids at home where I can block websites that aren't previously known. Mm -hmm. Right, and they you know the product that I have is for home use and it yep. compiles a list. I can't tell you how many times that's actually saved us from getting oh, sure. malware. Now, I don't know that I would put that into an enterprise strategy unless I had all those other connections that could tie things yes. together like yes. oh, well, if that user's trying to go to it and that user's trying to go to it and this other user's trying to go to it, well, maybe that's a legitimate site and I should let someone make a decision or yes. just make the decision for you. And, and I've, I've, well, come, yeah. I've done that, right, within within my corporate environment. And this is, this is a perfect example. One of the owners of the company, right, hit me up and said, why can't I get to this restaurant? Right. Well, come to find out, they spun up their domain like three days before, it was right? Too new. They had no so, reputation at all. Of course. You know? so, so that's a classic <laughs> use case for, for browser isolation. <laughs> Unknown, isolated. Right. Happy, happy yep. end user, and that's you know, everything that's stays it. secure. So yep. that, that's per a use Permit case. the action, but put this extra layer mm -hmm. of defense in place. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And by the way, again, talking about the layered approach and the ecosystem, it's you're, you're totally right. It's and that's where SASE becomes so important mm -hmm. um, because when we talk about, uh, I mean, let's say as an example, Umbrella, we've, you know, we've got the multi-layer approach. It, it in itself is an um, ecosystem. When we're talking about, I'm, you know, I spoke about the DNS layer and we spoke about the web layer. Mm -hmm. Then there's a cloud-delivered um, firewall. So all ports and protocols, and you've got not only, so this could replace, you know, like an outbound firewall in, in small mm -hmm. branches where you've got your, your source destination, ACL ports, protocols, uh, but we've taken it further. We've got layer seven uh, AVC, application mm -hmm. visibility and control. So a lot of apps uh, may not necessarily be web-based. And then we're using, you know, you see behind me this collection of colorful um, snorty pigs. Snort three is, is Cisco's, um, engine for uh, inspecting these these layer seven applications, so we can see a whole lot more. And then you know we spoke about Casby and some of mm -hmm. the application controls. It it's a definite ecosystem, yeah. and that that's what SASE is all about: bringing these components together, going with a vendor that has that vision, and um, sort of go, growing with that vendor as well. Looking where they're going, looking at the vision, not necessarily what is only on right. the truck today. And um, and not necessarily going with point products, even though um, they. So yeah, I mean, Gartner's saying don't go with best of breed. Go with a vendor that that has everything, and go with one vendor with the whole ecosystem. Right, right. And then you integrate Cisco email security in there. You have you know the the the, the geo diversity of Cisco worldwide. 
you're all cloud-based centric products now, right? So that, you know, that sassy posture is definitely putting, putting folks into, into a position to be successful. Yeah. Definitely, Johnny, you can, definitely. you can mail, uh, Jason's gift to, uh, here at the studio. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I only speak because I, I've used, no, it's do awesome. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's from, it's from experience and it's from building that ecosystem approach that, that shows a level of success. We were at least able to achieve right. by having that integrated product line. Johnny, thank you. you um, I was it, sorry. Closing thoughts, Johnny, and then sorry mm -hmm. we had a we're a little over time. No, it's good. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, closing thoughts. I would say first of all, um, ecosystem multi-layer. We've spoken a little bit about email. That is still the number one vector of mm -hmm. attacks today. Um, you need a, a good system that can compensate for end users not thinking because they are still going to be the weakest link. Um, I, I mean, there's some more additional places i could go obviously in, in the interest of time dlp inline dlp is another area that's part of umbrella so having all of these layers you know you're going to prevent end users from not thinking and ex exposing data or, or uh, sensitive information um social security credit card all that, those kind of things um but yeah everything comes together nicely as one um ecosystem and you can sort of use those building blocks and, and integrate whatever you need to. And yeah, we always need to be ahead of the attackers because it's not getting any any easier. Um, the attacks not. are getting more f sophisticated and so the pr layers of protection need to be as well. Johnny, thank you so much for appearing on Business Security Weekly. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Folks can learn more at securityweekly.com forward slash Cisco Umbrella. Coming up next, the leadership and communication articles. Stick around.